Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast. I am your host, Susie Hunter. We've got Kale producing today, and we have a stacked freaking show for you guys. First of all, Buster Olney of ESPN, an absolute legend. He will be joining the pod in just a couple of minutes. Great conversation with him. Uh, that's ahead of the Rockies being on Sunday night baseball. We haven't seen them on Sunday Night Baseball in years, and we definitely haven't seen them on national TV yet this season. So that'll be a big one. That'll be a big one. So that's a great conversation we've got coming up. We've got, uh, we're going to talk about the ABS. We are going to talk about some Rockies news. Uh, But first, I do want to say, so while um, I was down in Albuquerque, something very, very awful happened to uh, a, a child in Albuquerque, an 11 year old boy was killed outside of the stadium in a shooting. So heartbreaking. Um, and it was, it was a surreal night at the park. Everyone did a great job though, keeping fans safe, but it was, it was very sad. So my thoughts and prayers are with the family of those victims. And like, if you know something, Call the Albuquerque police because the suspect of that is still at large. So wanted to get that into the podcast. Uh, We're going to switch it now on a lighter note. We're going to talk about some Rockies news real fast. Uh, Herman Marquez extended through 2025 a huge deal, um, especially because I think a lot of us were afraid that we wouldn't see Herman Marquez pitch in a Rockies uniform again after going down in Cleveland with what ultimately resulted in a Tommy John surgery. So Herman Marquez will pitch again as a Colorado Rocky. That is great news. And some other, there's some bad news and we've got some good news. Bad news, Austin Gomber heading to the 60-day IL. Good news, Victor Vodnik, pitcher in double, or triple A rather. He was in double A just a couple of weeks ago, it feels like. Victor Vodnik uh, has been called up to the Rockies. That is exciting. He is an exciting young pitcher. And he also came to the organization in that trade that sent Pierce Johnson to Atlanta. So a lot of very interesting uh, Rockies news. I'm sure they'll have a lot to talk about on Sunday Night Baseball, but I'm going to toss it to my interview with Buster Olney. So y'all can be all set for Sunday. Here we go. Joining the pod now is the legendary Buster Olney of ESPN. You are going to be on the Sunday Night Baseball broadcast, and this is the first time we get to see the Colorado Rockies on national TV. So I kind of need to know, what do you think about these Rockies this season? Uh, as always, it feels like they have you know two or three young guys that you're kind of excited about. Uh and, and it's interesting, whenever you have the Rockies on national television, I think in, this is my 13th year on Sunday Night Baseball, and I think this is the third time we've had them. They're really excited, and they're incredibly uh, gracious and helpful. Um, look, I, tomorrow I, when I'm going to San Francisco, I'm going to get a chance to talk to Nolan Jones, and I'm fired up to, uh, to you know, speak with him and other guys in the team. From what I understand, you know, we're supposed to – there's a chance we're going to see Chris Bryant activated this weekend. Um, that would be fun if that happens. You know, these are guys for me uh, working at the national, you know, uh, on a national broadcast on the weekend. I don't get to go to the minor league games in the way that I used to when I was a beat writer from time to time. And so to see these prospects now having graduated the big leagues, is a lot of fun. 
Yeah, I was going to say the Rockies right now, a lot of the conversation for us too, the young players that kind of keep the hope moving. But I'm so excited to hear that you're excited to talk to Nolan Jones. What is the first thing you're asking him when you get a hold of him? How much uh, the epic, and I'm assuming this happened, the epic baseman brawls with his brother in, on, you know, over hockey or something. You know that he and his brother at some point, you know, I've got three siblings, you know, at some point, those those must have just been crazy. Uh, and also just to lay eyes on him in person in terms of his athleticism and the way that he moves. You know, I talked to Bill Schmidt uh, today and, and I asked him about the first time that he saw, uh, you know, Nolan and he talked about the athleticism. He said now, though, that he gets to watch him on a daily basis. That has come to the fore even more. Uh, and, and he really feels like he's a player who's developing. Yeah, and also the crazy thing that we talk about all the time, Nolan Jones wasn't even an outfielder a year ago, so just has done such a great job picking up a new job. Yeah, uh, exactly. And we did have an interesting conversation today about, because typically, as you know, when you get a, you know, an outfielder has a good throwing arm, they put them in right field. And I said, so what was it about, you know, his circumstance where you put him in left field rather than right field? And he talked about, you know, the unique nature of course field. Uh, and how it f they feel like that the better defender needs to be in left field because of the challenges and, of course, his throwing arm. Yeah, Coors Field, that outfield is no joke. Are you a little bummed that this matchup isn't happening at Coors Field a mile high where all the weirdest baseball stuff always seems to happen? Yeah, I thought one of the coolest moments last week, and I'm sure you saw this, when the Blue Jays were in town, you know, that shot, I think uh, our colleague Hazel May took of all the, the Blue Jays players going up to the upper levels because they want to see the Rocky Mountains. And now that I live here in Montana, you know, I, I, I mean, any chance uh, you get to see the mountains, you take that each time. But I agree with you. Look, I do think San Francisco, I get asked all the time, sure you do too, you know, what's your favorite ballpark to, to watch a game in? For me, San Francisco is objectively probably the best park in the big leagues. But Coors Field, because that view is so unique. So unique. See, I love... I love Oracle Park, but at the same time, I get so cold. But, you know, it's fine. It's fine. It's a beautiful park. <laughs> That's what they... Bill, Bill said, that the fog was rolling into San Francisco this morning. And his warning to me was, you better bring something warm. So it's a, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it's going to be, a, you know, for the players in the field, I'm sure the night games are going to be a challenge. Always a little bit of a challenge. But look at us, just like complaining about the silliest thing. Or look at me. Um uh, so uh, the Rockies, you know, they played a mile high. It's such a challenge for pitchers to keep those ERAs low. And it's such a hard time for batters to get the recognition they want because I think a lot of people think the numbers are just inflated. What do you think now that we're 30 years into this Coors Field mile high baseball experiment? Do you think we're ever going to really figure it out? No, I, I become convinced of that now. Uh, you know, we saw the Baltimore Orioles have a, you know, a parallel challenge because their ballpark was small. And so they put that cut in in left field and the home run numbers dropped dramatically there and the pitching numbers got better. You can't do an artificial fix like that in course field because the elevation, I'm telling you everything you already know. Uh, but, you know, the, the biggest thing I always feel like with pitching with the Rockies and I can remember going to the ballpark their first year that it opened was the constant negative reinforcement. The sport is filled with failure. And so for the pitchers that the Rockies are developing, every time, you know, you can pitch a great game 
in Coors Field, and yet you could wind up with an ugly pitching line because the outfield, out of necessity, is going to be bigger. There's going to be more space. Uh, it's more difficult for the outfielders to challenge. And so with that negative reinforcement over time, it does feel like the pitchers get uh, worn down, which is why you know the loss of Marquez this year was so big because it felt like he was one of the few pitchers who kind of overcame that. Um, and I, I, there isn't really an equalizer that they can, uh, you know, that they can necessarily affect. And you're right about the narrative about hitters in Colorado. It's interesting because the Dodgers historically have always had great pitching. Pitchers win awards there. And any pitcher will tell you it's an advantage to pitch in L.A. because the marine layer that goes in there late at night. Well, no one ever gives the Dodger pitchers demerits in the way that they do the Rockies hitters. You're 100 percent right. I mean, look, uh, Larry Walker's Hall of Fame candidacy was a classic example of that. I think Todd Helton, you know, as we move forward, his candidacy is also going to be uh, probably looked at through that prism of, oh, it's Coors Field. Exactly, exactly. We're still we're working so hard to overcome this. We are always on Twitter trying to get the um, the Todd Helton campaign. It's going. not fair. There's no doubt it's not fair. I just don't know if it's going to ever change. You know what? It's it's wild. Are you ready for the uh, there's the Mexico series next year, by the way, they're about a mile and a half high. That's going to be a Rockies game too. Rockies Astros. I mean, we saw the Giants and Padres playing that this year. Um, a crazier altitude, even crazier than Coors Field. Right. Uh, and the pitchers will go, please, can, can we can we go place, uh, pitch someplace that's under sea level? <laughs> it's a great equalizer. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I've had these conversations in the past with Dan O'Dowd constantly about what do you do? And, and as you know, they've tried so many different things and landing with the humidor. And it's just something that, uh, you know, they have to, We'll wind up having to pick the right personalities and hope those guys stay healthy. Yeah, definitely. We got some good personalities. We got a few healthy guys. It's been a tough season for the Rockies. But right now here at the end of the season, they have a chance to be playoff disruptors for a lot of teams because most of the teams the Rockies are facing are in contention. And the Giants are kind of in it too, even though they're, they're still slumping right now. Do you kind of root for this chaos at the end of the season in terms of teams that aren't in it? getting the chance to just really disrupt the teams that could be? Oh, without a doubt. And we have to remember, I feel like every year when we see the, especially the wild card chases, which is what the Giants are involved in, you know, you're not talking about teams that are comparable to the 27 Yankees or the 76 Reds uh, or even the 95 Rockies, right? I mean, th these are teams that are uh, flawed in many respects. And so they go through these ebbs and flows. The Giants you know, earlier this year, it looked like they were gaining momentum, but they've had so many injuries. Um, you know, so down the stretch, when you get these matchups of teams that are in contention like the Giants against the Rockies, they can cause problems. The Nationals have done that in the National East. They've been beating, beating up on teams, surprisingly. Um, I, I do think it's fun because, you know, these uh, teams, these players are in what are effectively lost seasons. And in a moment... In a moment, in a, on a given day, they can cause problems for a would-be contender. The Giants, in some respects, the pressure's on the Giants this weekend because this is going to be viewed as an opportunity for them. And if they don't take at least two or three in this series, it's going to be looked at as a, a real bad weekend for them. Yeah, it'll be very interesting. I can't wait to see how it all plays out. Uh, that's why we play the game. That's baseball. That's what right. we all say. <laughs> Exactly. Um, before I let you go, what is the first thing you were going to get to eat out in San Francisco at the park? So, 
boy. Uh, you know, high pressure I, question. Do you have an answer? Because I'm curious. Because it feels like you have something top of mind. Mm, the garlic fries are my favorite thing at yep. that ballpark. They just get it right. That's a hundred percent right. We and one of the Sunday night games we did a few years ago. Uh, the booth group sent down some garlic fries for me in the game. And of course, what I had to remember though was the way I did the post game interview. I had to fill up with mints going into mm. it. I'll never forget Matt Scherzer once. I, I walked up to him after he had uh, spoken with a reporter. This is when he was with the Tigers. And I said, you know, uh, how you doing, Max? He goes, terrible. I just did this interview, and this guy's breath was so bad. And so, like, I have now boxes of mints. So if I get garlic fries in San Francisco, there has to be a clear follow-up. All right, you're going to need mints ready. You're going to need some floss ready, too, because you can't go out with any uh, garlic in your pearly whites. Buster, thank you so much for joining the pod. Can't wait to see you on Sunday Night Baseball. Tell our boys we said hello. I'll do that, Susie. Thank you so much. Thanks. New insecurity unlocked. Did not realize players talked about reporters' breath. I hope I've never had bad breath interviewing any of these guys. I don't have a sense of smell. I'm panicking. I'm panicking. I do like usually have floss on me. Hey, there is no panic when you are using DraftKings Sportsbook to bet on the NFL this weekend because football is back, baby. How did y'all in Denver survive so long without it? Um, uh, but listen, DraftKings Sportsbook, they are here. They are an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and they're giving you can't miss offer and or a can't miss offer for week one. This week, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just five bucks on any NFL game. And DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. <laughs> so check out the app and that is how you will find out which deal you will get. So download right now, use code DNVR and use that to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting five bucks. That's code DNVR only on DraftKings Sportsbook and official betting partner of the NFL. We've got a DraftKings pick of the week coming at you in just a second, but first we got to read the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. And in Kansas, on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. All right, the pick of the week. Listen, I know we we're just talking about the NFL, but we have to actually talk about CU. Pick of the week is for CU to cover plus two and a half. Kale um, also vouches for this. I put an irresponsible amount of money on this. Kale, we just said bet responsibly. Yeah, but I did not do that. 
Okay, we'll do as we say, not as we do, clearly. Uh, but yeah, CU's so much better than Nebraska. The fact that it's only a two and a half. I think the line might have moved a little bit from when I first got it, but mm -hmm. I betted it two and a half. Um, but yeah, I am confident CU wins by at least one touchdown tomorrow. I mean, knock on wood, I'm going to do that. That is, I mean, you can't stop Coach Prime's vibes right now. You simply cannot. I'm so buff-pilled, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Can we talk about, I know this might be a little ahead of the outline, but there's something going viral that um, CU, or not the CU, the Nebraska Day tweet. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, let's pull this up. Okay, so this is going viral for all the wrong reasons right now for the Rockies. Um, Dave Rich here saying, come on, Rockies, this isn't okay. This is weak. There are better ways to get people to show up at Coors Field. Okay, but, like, here's the thing. So it's a picture of uh, Huskers take over Coors Field. It's on the big screen. There's no game at Coors Field this week. Like, Nebraska Day was months ago, Okay. So why was the graphic up? So uh, um, Nebraska alumni had a private event at Coors Field while the park was empty. So it's like a meetup because like people are in town for the game. I gotcha. So like, I don't but know. Like they, got, they have week? to have it somewhere. What'd you say? But during hate week, just go to the convention center. Don't use one of our beloved ballparks. You know, that is fair too. That is fair. But like... The argument that this guy posted is, like, totally wrong because it's not a way to get people to show up at games. Also, like, CU oh, has their fair. own night. You know, CSU has their own night. Nebraska has their own night. Wyoming gets a night. Like, all these all these schools get a night. Um, and I guess the Huskers happen to book Coors Field. I wonder, though. So uh, my friend Steph actually brought this up in our group chat. Would if – okay, if they had this event at Mile High Stadium – would Mile High and the Broncos be getting all this hate? Yeah. You think so? Oh, 100%. Yeah. It's hate week. It is hate week. Plus, it's Raiders week, so it's like a double hate week um, in did Colorado. You say, did you say hate week or hay week? Hate week. Hey, it's not hay. It's not hay. Because that's all Nebraska is. Well, no, Nebraska's corn. Hay is made of, like, long grass. Oh. Well, don't they have long grass out there? I mean, they do, but it's mostly corn. It's mostly corn. I'm learning a lot about our beautiful nation, ladies and gentlemen, right here on the pod. You're clearly not from the Midwest. I am not. I have driven <laughs> through the Midwest. I've interacted with the Midwest. I am not from the Midwest. I'm a city girl through and through. <laughs> uh, we got a fun weekend of sports ahead of us. Uh, we got a fun weekend uh, of Giants and Rockies facing off. It'll definitely be fun. Again, we mentioned Armand Marquez extended through 2025. And uh, I'm pretty excited to see Victor Vodnik. I didn't get to see him pitch at all while it was in Albuquerque. I did ask to talk to him, and it never panned out. And now I'm furious. It's no one's fault. It's but no I'm one's just, fault. But, like, it would have been cool if you got to talk to him right before he got called up. Like, I'm feeling the FOMO. Like, I feel it, like, deep in my soul. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean. But Victor Vodnik uh, has moved up so quickly. Uh, part of the uh, Pierce Johnson trade with the Braves. We won the trade. We won the trade. Hashtag winning. Hashtag winning. Nolan who? I'm excited that Buster only is excited to talk to Nolan Jones, like more than anyone. Nolan Jones is famous. I have an interview with him that we still have to run. 
That's awesome. I can't wait to you see know, it. Yeah, I know. I'm just like, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying over here. All right. What else do we need to talk about? We need to talk about Ryan Feltner's rehab assignment. That happened in Albuquerque last night. His first triple A rehab assignment on this comeback trail, recovering from his skull fracture all the way back from May 13th. I say all the way back. That's really not that long ago. So this he's on a great track right now. He's ahead of, well, there's no schedule for an injury like this, but he's cruising through it. So last night they kept him at exactly 50 pitches, five zero. He went two and two thirds innings, faced 12 batters. There was one earned run, gave up a handful of walks, gave up some hits, but I mean, overall it was a fine appearance. One earned run through two and two thirds. That's okay. But yeah, of course, like gave up a single, the very first pitch he threw up there. Very first one. Um, so that that is what happened. Uh, no word yet on how many more rehab assignments I'll have down there, but 50 pitches, that's a good number to get out there back on the mound. Uh, Rockies, they have Rockies. No surprise here. The Rockies are officially eliminated from playoff contention as of Wednesday the 6th. Uh, so after all the games on Wednesday night concluded, the Rockies were officially eliminated from that second wild card spot in the National League. <sighs> Any surprises there, Kale? Maybe we were just waiting. Not really. Yeah, we were just waiting. Yeah. First NL team to be eliminated, though, because we know Kansas City was eliminated about a week ago. The A's a few days before that. But yeah, first NL team to be eliminated from playoff contention, the Colorado Rockies. Um, all right, let's bring it back to my time in Albuquerque. So really cool thing about Albuquerque. I mean, first of all, great group of guys down there. The second really cool thing is that they are already using the automatic ball strike system, the ABS, the robo ump. They're already using it. They're using it in two different ways every single week. And it's so fascinating. We have a great conversation with Willie MacGyver about the ins and outs and also getting to know him. Absolutely hilarious. He's got that classic golden retriever energy that we all love. But before we get into that, oh my gosh, we didn't even do the Breck read and I have a Breck in front of me. Oh, Oh, boy. Let's All talk right. about Breck Brew. All quick. right. First off, we got to talk about Breck Brew because uh, for starting my show on time, Alyssa brought me a Broncos Country Pale Ale. That is the beer of the month here at the DNVR bar. Um, and you know why? Because it's freaking Broncos season. How are you going to get through Broncos season without a Broncos Country Pale Ale? It's $6 for a pint just like this here at the DNVR bar. Apparently, it's a new recipe. I don't have that kind of refined palate. To me, it tastes just as good as it's ever taste, tasted. But... It's a new recipe. We love when they mix it up a little bit, but Breck Brew has a beer for any occasion. There's no better way to watch a game than with a Breck in your hand, maybe in a chilled glass too. And they've been doing it for 33 years. It all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. And because we're in Colorado, they actually care about the environment. It's made with 100% renewable energy. So... Uh, Listen, Broncos Country Pale Ale, they got the Mile High City Golden Ale, um, and the Good Company Hard Seltzer. Those are my personal favorites, uh, but if you uh, can't make it to the DNVR bar, they have a Broncos watch party on October 12th at their Littleton, or at the farmhouse in Littleton. 
that is an incredible place. We've been there a bunch uh, as a company. We've done shows from there. We have such a good time there. But check that out on October 12th. And definitely check out the beer locator at breckbrew.com to find a brew near you. All right, we're going to talk about Shady Rays now, too. I uh, screamed earlier today because I thought I was about to drop my Shady Rays down the elevator shaft because I thought they was just going to go right down the, the crack. This sounds great. Like, I, it was such a scream that, like, Kale actually noticed. I told him about it. He's like, why are, why are you so nervous about your Shady Rays? If you break them or lose them, they will replace them because they have the craziest deal in or the craziest protection program in all of eyewear premium polarized shades and if you break or lose them they will replace them no questions asked no matter how dumb of a way you lost or broke your sunglasses i think that would have been a, a pretty good one that would have been an all-timer but uh the really cool thing too you can try shades on in person at the park meadows mall or you can go to shadyrace.com and scope it out you can order online if you do use code DNVR, you are getting 50% off two or more pairs of polarized shades. Such a good deal. Cannot stress this enough. But yeah, head to shadyrays.com. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by 250,000 people. Uh, heading into the weekend, we got to mention Kind Love, our favorite local dispensary. They're the OG Colorado dispensary. They've been doing it since 2010. And if you're not doing the math, that's like 13 years ago. That wasn't last year, but they are known for cultivating some of the highest quality cannabis, authentic genetics, patient grow techniques, highest quality brand in Colorado, fully seed to sale too. That's like farm to table, but for weed, y'all know about the turbo core. You guys know about the turbo joint, that turbo joint be hitting. It is no joke, but the turbo core is cool too. You can take the, it's like a toothpick sized cannabis concentrate. You can put it into a joint you already rolled. You it and it slides right in like a toothpick too. So you can buy that. You can get it all pre-rolled in that turbo joint, uh, but visit their stores in Cherry Creek or North Denver. Mention DNVR. Okay. And you're going to get the exclusive DNVR discount of 25% off all Kind Love flower pre-rolls and the turbo joint line. So visit kindlove.com and use code DNVR for online ordering from their exclusive or exclusive extensive menu. There we go. All right. So, uh, oh, let's, uh, actually talk about some of the comments real fast because I do want to, uh, address Matt Bishop thoughts on the insane progression by Jackson holiday. I mean, I can't say I'm surprised. We know how good Matt holiday was and uh, like they're, you know, he's got, he's got that same it factor to him. So I'm not surprised that he is moving up this quickly. It's super fun. I did see a story, Kayla. I don't know if you saw this too. Apparently because Jackson holiday looks so young, he had trouble checking into his hotel in Norfolk, Virginia. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Cause he does look so young. I mean, he is young, but like he genuinely looks even younger than he is. <laughs> so funny. Uh, he did get his hotel eventually, but uh, kind of kind of a mess, messy, little messy situation. We are going to preview this Giants series. Uh, but first, 
We are going to talk to Willie McIver about Isotopes Baseball, about the good vibes down there. But most importantly, we got to talk about the robo-umps. Kayla, are we ready to roll that? Yep. All right. Here's Willie. Joining the pod now, we have Isotopes catcher Willie McIver. Willie, how are you doing? How is the season going for you? Um, it's been going well since I came back off of my injury. I came back July 1st, I believe, and ever since then, it's just been awesome to be playing again. Like, that's the thing about injuries in general is, like, it's hard when you're watching all your buddies play and you're sitting in the hotel room for six hours a day not really being able to do much. So I'm just grateful that I'm able to play right now and that I feel healthy and, and everything's good, and I've really had a fun time working with this pitching staff and this team in general. One of the closest knit triple a teams i've seen which has been it's made it a lot it's made it really fun it's been really fun to be here uh really fun to play with this group of guys uh the pitching staff has has worked really hard and i've loved to see the strides that they've made obviously at this level two you're seeing your guys going up to the big leagues and and even sometimes coming back down and getting another chance so just being able to see the growth that we have with our pitching staff and and the work we're putting in every day has been it's just been awesome I love that. I've heard so much about how you guys are so tightly knit, how you guys are all such good friends. Um, who were you kind of closest with in this clubhouse? Oh, man, I got a lot of – I got. I came up with a lot of these guys who was like, you know, Riley Pint, Coco Montez, Aaron Schunk, Michael Tolia, Daniel Cope, uh, Gavin Hollowell. I know he's up right now, but um, – and I, I know I'm leaving people out. Hunter Stovall. Yeah. I mean, Jamison Hanna, Winton Bernard, just unbelievable teammates – great friends like we're able to hang out off the field a lot and have fun as a team and for me like personally in my life like that's when the best teams are built is when you have a good locker room guys it really feels like guys are pulling for each other which at this level can be hard sometimes because you know you see you see a little bit of the business end of things when you're when you're at this level but I think this team's done an awesome job of of being able to kind of look past that and just take everything day by day and and have fun together and kind of just make the most of, of every day here, which has been awesome. And, and having close friends like that makes the journey and like the grind a lot more fun. So it's been great. That's so that's so lovely to hear. Yeah, um, I want to talk about, you've had a pretty interesting, I guess this past year, you know, you were in the Arizona Fall League, you were a spring training non-roster um, invitee. Um, uh, spring training, um, were there any guys who were on this Rockies club that you kind of like learned a bunch from or that you became close with? Who did you like vibe with? Uh, well, Brian Servin. That guy has yeah. been the just an unbelievable teammate and as a catcher he's helped me out so much throughout my career I mean Mm -hmm. I got to know Brian well when we were in uh the alternate side during the COVID year and and he's done nothing but try to help me out and he's been just such an awesome teammate and such a great influence on me and he's so good behind the plate and just watching him and being able to work with him every day has been a blessing for me and me and him, I'd say, have got really close over spring training. Like, he's the one guy that stands out for me that um, has really had a big impact on my season and really my career. That's amazing. Yeah. He's a good dude. Unbelievable, unbelievable guy. And, and uh, the, the crazy thing is sometimes, you know, there is a competition aspect of it. But, like, me and him talk about that openly all the time. Like, yeah, we compete with each other. But, like, in our minds, like, we both want to be in the big leagues, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's not me instead of you. It's, it's us together, you know. And uh, that makes makes it really fun to work fun to work with a guy who who really understands uh, how everything works, and you know he's got time up there, and, and he's got a lot of experience, and mm-hmm. that's it's really helpful for a, a guy like me who's kind of getting my 
obviously my first year in AAA, you know, it's 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 made the transition a lot easier for me. That's I love that. Sounds like such a healthy mindset to have. Yeah, it is. And I tell you, it's, sometimes it can be like stressful, you know, because you're like, worry, if you start worrying about what's going to happen, the future, the past, all this, the failures, it's just going to drive, it drives you crazy. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that like I've learned and I think that's helped me mature throughout my journey in the minor leagues is just being able just to like wipe away whatever negative stuff happened and the positive stuff you know because sometimes if you're doing really well that can affect you negatively too if you they talk about being too high and being too low so kind of trying to keep that even keel where every day you're feeling like it's a brand new day no matter what happened yesterday and now that can be a lot easier said than done because yeah. you go over four or three strikeouts it's going to be pretty hard the next day to come with the same confidence so it's just it's a lot of like mental work in mm -hmm. terms of just keeping yourself down to earth no matter what happens and and really not trying to look ahead into the future or look back what you could have done because that's just going to make life a lot more difficult and that's what that's one thing that's just been taking so much like making me live so much freer you know it's just like you know whatever happens happens if I can go up there and focus on competing in the box focus on putting up zeros as a catcher I feel like whatever happens I can live with that because I'm giving myself the best opportunity to be my best version of myself. So, like, if I can do that every day, like, whatever happens, happens. And it's been so mentally freeing for me just to have mm -hmm. that mindset. It's not easy, though. It's, it can be yeah. hard sometimes. But, <laughs> like, if, if that's my focus, I can live with the results. I love this. Okay, this is such an inspirational interview. <laughs> is this a TED Talk? <laughs> it, it might be. Well, it's just, like, I feel like when you go through stuff and, like, injuries and then, like, a couple years of just me personally not performing at the plate like I know I can and then kind of just thinking back on that it's like what was the, what's going on and it, and I realized like I've just been stressing out about it too much like mm -hmm. stressing out about my swing my mechanics all this stuff so th going into last off season this last off season I was like you know what screw all that I'll work on my mechanics in the off season but I'm going to really hone down on my pitch selection and my approach at the plate and like if I can go up to the plate with that mindset and I can try to execute that as best as I can. I got no, I got, I can't do anything else. So yeah. I, that makes me like, I can sleep at night. I'm happy. I'm good. <laughs> like whatever happens, happens. And, and that's like any young guy, that's the best advice I could give you is like, just find a way to just wipe away the failures, mm -hmm. wipe away the stress. And I feel like that's when you play your best. Yeah. Well, it's, it's working for you. I want to talk about what happens behind the plate here because here in Albuquerque, you guys have been using the ABS mm. all season. Uh, how does that, how has that changed your job as a catcher? <laughs> well, you know, I really pride myself on being very, a good receiving catcher and someone who can steal a lot of strikes from my pitchers. So it's kind of, sometimes it's frustrating when I, there's a pitch that like, I know I catch that good and get it for a strike and then it's missed and you look up on the screen and it's like, this close to the this close to the zone and you're like oh my gosh like that's always a strike and it, you know it's hard it's hard on our pitchers and it's just it's not a very big zone you know and it can in pitching in Albuquerque is not easy as it is mm -hmm. so I got a lot of respect for our pitchers and and the work that they put in just to try to attack guys and attack the zone and not try to be too perfect with everything and again as a pitcher I can only imagine how hard that is you know it's hard enough I don't even know if I can get on the mound and throw a strike but and then they're usually you know you got to locate all this stuff and you throw like for instance we had Justin Brule come in last night he was throwing pitches great pitches so many great pitches and it was just like ball one like barely missed ball two barely missed my like, gosh 
Now we're 2-0, and it seems like normally 2-0, oh, come on, make a pitch, but he's been making his pitches. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing where, like, as a pitcher, too, you have to be able to realize that it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be hard, but if you can just do your best to attack the zone, and that's what I've seen the pitchers doing, and, and they're getting a lot better, and, and you can really tell when we go to a place like Sacramento and we're a little more ground level, and then they start just dominating guys. You know, it just goes to show that the work that they're putting in is, is really – it's working and mm-hmm. they're getting better and that's it's great for me to see as a catcher is it kind of crazy for you to realize like oh i'm working with this abs and i kind of have a leg up on major leaguers when they finally implement it yeah a little bit honestly and, and if it is the challenge system too because i think the challenge system is really fun it's exciting for the fans too like i think that to me would be a a, a cool thing to have in the big leagues because it doesn't take out the entire aspect of being a catcher because the umpire's still calling the game now it's like if you're hitting or if I'm catching and you disagree with the call, you got to put your money where your mouth is and challenge that. And you only get three a game if you lose. So, uh, I And it's cool because then they put it on the scoreboard and all the fans get to see it. And it, it's a quick thing. It doesn't take too long. And then it's like you see the ball coming in. It's like, oh, it ticks the zone. Everyone's like, oh, or like, damn, you know. Uh, but that's that's honestly kind of fun. And I do feel like especially learning the ABS in the first three games of a series, you kind of get an idea of what pitches are going to be strikes and it's honestly it's helped me learn the strike zone a lot especially as a hitter too and it's really nice as a hitter when you can look up at the scoreboard every time it shows you where the pitch is because I'm like oh that's as far outside as it's going to be now I now I know that anything more outside is a ball which is which is nice mm-hmm. um again that makes it harder for the pitchers too yes. like the, the, this is not easy for these pitchers so um but I will say as a hitter it helps you a lot with that kind of thing but yeah. I just think the, the ABS has been a little weird for us because it's been kind of different at different ballparks. So it's there's definitely an adjustment. Like each series, we go somewhere else, and it's like, oh, maybe this ABS is a little higher. This one's a little lower. It's a learning curve. It's fun. Personally, I prefer the challenge system yeah. because that you still because I don't like having the receiving aspect taken out of the game. Because yeah. as a catcher, we work on the receiving, and that's one of the biggest defensive. Um, like on a, you can have the biggest effect on a game as a catcher mm-hmm. defensively from your receiving. So not having that as part of the game, I think, is detrimental to that aspect of it. And I think that's like part of the game mm-hmm. is is how good can a catcher be at catching the ball? Yeah. And if you can help your pitcher get strikes by catching the ball well, that's going to add to your value. And I think that's important. And it's also like these umpires are good. Like, even when I'm – like, even the guys in AAA, like, they're good. They There's not a lot of calls, like, even in the challenge system, that they're missing by a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure in the big leagues, they're even better up there. So if you do have the challenge system, I honestly don't think, like, a ton are going to get challenged. And if they do, it's going to be those ones that are obvious. And then I think that helps mitigate some of that, like, oh, that was a really bad call in a really bad spot, and it totally ruined the game. But it's like, yeah. oh, I can challenge it. And then it's like, okay that didn't ruin anything but if it's those borderline pitches a lot of the hitters aren't aren't going to challenge it because you you have to be a good teammate in that situation and keep your challenges so that it adds another strategy aspect to the game too which i think is is fun it's fun because like it will be oh we got one challenge left in six inning okay hitters you got to save that for the pitchers which and again so we got to we got to make sure that if we're challenging pitches it's a good pitch yes. to challenge which i think is really fun got to be selective got to use that strategy this is so interesting yeah. i'm so fascinated by yeah. 
when we'll eventually see this up in the majors. Yeah. Um, uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, uh, nicknames because your last name is McIver. I was like, oh, you know, I hope I hope he doesn't go by Mac because we already have a Mac up with yeah. the Rockies. But you were telling me you have some different nicknames that kind of go along with what your hair is doing. Yeah. So my uh, my journey with my hair has been a lifelong battle for me, I would say. Um, Everyone has a battle. Yeah, yeah. And this is yours. This is mine. Mine is with my hair. Uh, but I, they do not call me Mac because we have Mac, and Mac is, he's Mac. He's he, Mac. He's, he's Mac, and he's awesome. I love that guy. <laughs> he is such a great teammate, such a great leader. Uh, nothing but a good thing to say about him. So, like, for me, it could be, like, Willie Mac, or, so, when I have my long hair, you might have something, but then I got cut up pretty weirdly in Oklahoma City, and now... The team's calling me Megan Rapinoe, which, you know, she's a great soccer player, so I don't hate that. You have her haircut, though. I have her haircut. So that's that's my current nickname, and I'm going to have to go with that until I can grow my hair back out. So maybe <laughs> next year we'll have – but I had, a, I had a buzz cut my whole career, and, and I spent pretty much the whole year last year growing it out and going through the awkward stage. And the awkward stage, I was getting made fun of by my teammates constantly, which is okay. I can handle that. <laughs> you got to be able to take it if you, if you give it out, and I like to talk smack, too, so – I uh, don't think I'm not getting anything back out of these guys, but so I go through the whole awkward stage and I finally get my hair and my hair is looking beautiful. I'm really happy with it. I lose it. Now I'm thrust right back into the awkward <laughs> stage and I'm hearing it from my teammates again. But uh, that's, you know, it's all part of the journey. So how long was your hair before you cut it? So it was probably almost to my shoulders. Okay. Like it was, it was, when I was 10 is the last time I had really long hair like that. I had the Bieber cut because I was cool back then. Oh, right. I had to have of the Bieber course. hair. And... I think Stovall had the Bieber hair too when he was ten, so you can ask him about that. We're gonna need to see some pics. Oh, we'll, I've got some good ones. I had it all part just like Bieber, Stop. and uh, so ever since then, though, I find it. I reason I cut it when I was ten is because my dad would just pull my hair every time because he wanted me to cut. It. He's like, "Oh, you, I don't like your long hair." He just pull it every time he saw me. So I was like, "All right, I'm done with this hair pulling stuff." I had a buzz cut. Then I tried to comb over in college. That looked horrific. I thought it looked good, and then I look back at pictures. I'm like, oh goodness. And then <laughs> everyone makes some bad hair. Yeah, and in so college. I finally <laughs> get my hair flowing down, and it's good. It's almost to my shoulders, which I was gonna cut it off. Like that was like where I wanted. That's why I went for the haircut. Mm. Like, trim a tiny bit. Got a little too much out. I got a little too much off, but it'll grow back. Um, but yeah, again, it's been a journey. You got some good flow though. I, I I do when it's when it's there. Yes. But then it's like the way my hair works, it's like straight down. If I wanted to do what I wanted to do, I gotta put product, hairspray, the whole nine yards. It's too much. It's a lot of work. It's too much. It's a really lot of work. So when I can have it long, long, <laughs> then it's not as bad because I can just kind of tuck it behind my ears and it's and, you know, oh. put a little bit of product in and I'm fine and then the hats look good, and then I was getting ready for beanie season too because you have the long hair coming out. The beanie, it's perfect, it's the best look. Think of all that we've lost because of lost, this haircut. Completely lost, and so I'm hoping by maybe late December I'll have it back, and then I can get back into beanie season. But uh, you know, I gotta. It kept me humble. I'm, I'm humbled now. You're. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. Um, best of luck to you, though, with your, um, obviously, the rest of the season, with growing your hair out, um, and we'll, we'll see you soon at spring training. Thanks, Susan. Yeah, thanks. It. What a hilarious young man. Uh, we will address some of the comments before we uh, kick it into gear, but first... 
we got to talk about Bacchus and Shanker. Because when you get hurt, Bacchus and Shanker is here to help. They are winning for Colorado families. They've been doing it for more than 25 years. And they have won more than a billion, with a B, more than a billion dollars for their clients in Colorado. And the great part about them, the best thing, it is totally free until they win money in your case. You can call them up. Consult with them about your case, and they're not taking a dime unless they win money in that case for you. And they've got neighborhood offices all over Denver. They've got more than 30 lawyers, more than 100 staff, so much power behind them to win these cases for you. So here's the bottom line. Backus and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Give them a call at the easiest phone number to remember, 222-2222, to find out if you have a case for free because Bagus and Shanker wins. There we go. One of these days, Kale will sing with me. Kale, you should see Kale, by the way. His vibes are incredible. He's got the Broncos FOCO overalls on. Hell yeah, I do. Yeah, incredible vibes. I've got that. I've got like a farmer's hat on. I look good. You, you're pulling a look right now. I'm so mad that we don't have Rockies overalls. You know, it's it's football season, but maybe by next spring they'll have them. That would be nice. The whole Phillies team got the Phillies overalls. Like the whole team. That's awesome. The, and they all wore them to the park on the same day. I saw that. That was dope. Oh my gosh! Like Nick Castellanos has his ro- has like... his ro- had his rolled up. Like yeah. it was just oh my gosh, it was too much. No, it was just enough. Let's talk about the comments. Uh, Mick Guglio, what a name. Uh, great interviews today. Does William McIver have a shot at getting called up? You know, I wouldn't say this season unless something like awful happens to either Elias Diaz or Austin wins. Um, of course, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. I didn't know they were going to shut down Austin Gomber for the rest of the season, but here we are. We'll see. I mean, I think he's he's got it. He's got he's got some some good energy going on. He's a good catcher. Uh, Nathan May, Willie Mack got some sunshine off. Uh, remember the Titans vibes. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he kind of does. Kind of does. I would agree with that. Yeah. No, he was he was very funny. We also didn't get pictures though of his uh, Bieber haircut. And who else did he say had a Bieber haircut? Oh my gosh, I can't Kale remember. Kale Sorbo, once upon a time. Kale Sorbo had a haircut. Also, Kale Sorbo, while we were talking about ha- bad hair choices in college, you mentioned you had a man bun. I did have a man bun in college. Too powerful. I was too powerful. You that were... was that was a messy year. <laughs> I think you you're not having a stable year if you have a man bun. I don't think. Yeah, it's fair. I was I had to grow my hair out for a play I was in. Oh. And uh, then I just like kept it. Huh. Yeah. They couldn't like put slap a wig on you? I mean they could have, but like you went into are you a method actor? No, but <laughs> did you become the role? Yeah, I did. I had to like grow up my like beard and dye it red. It was a whole thing. Oh, I don't want to see pictures of a red beard on you. I mean my beard's kinda red. No, nah, it's like a it's strawberry ish. Yeah, okay. It's more blonde than anything. Okay, fair. Okay. Let's all let's all <laughs> calm down. Um Guglia, what a name by the way. He fits the gracious and helpful criteria the organization values. 
I mean, they do. Uh, we the Rockies do like a guy with good vibes. Uh, hopefully, we have some good vibes this weekend in terms of this Giants Rockies matchup. That is all going down in just a couple of hours. First pitch is eight fifteen Mountain Time Friday night. Tonight we've got Ty Block on the mound who's been so good for the Rockies lately. Um, he is facing Kyle Harrison, 22 years old, young guy, uh, seven, 10, we have, or seven, 10 Saturday at seven, 10, we've got chase Anderson versus Logan Webb Sunday. Uh, that's going to be six, 10 mountain time. Uh, that's Sunday night baseball, baby. And that'll be Peter Lambert versus we don't know who's pitching for the giants yet. We'll find out. Good news, though. Good news for the Rockies. Uh, Alex Cobb. Alex Cobb, who almost threw a no-hitter for the Giants not too long ago. Uh, we don't have to face him. He will not, mo most likely not line up. He's slated to start when the Giants play against Cleveland. So we can, we can all rest easy. The Giants are kind of slumping right now, so that might actually be a good thing for the Rockies. Could be a good thing. Yeah, they're struggling as they kind of fight for one of those wild cards, wild card spots in the National League. All right. So we're going to be, of course, live tweeting that from the DNVR Rockies account. First, guys, you got to get some tickets for the party bus. We have a Rockies takeover on September 16th. It's a party bus that leaves from the bar and then it takes you to the game. You can drink all the Breck brews in cans that you can 21 and up on the bus on the way to the game. So you're going to be nice and sauced up by the time you get to the game. Good seats too. lower bowl tickets. We love those. Uh, you get a free appetizer at the bar while we all wait for the bus. So it's kind of like a little party there. It's like a fun way to get a lay of the land. I have to say like our first couple of party buses, I made friends on those party buses that I'm still in touch with. Like, I actually believe I've made lifelong friends on this. Happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. Have you met Eric? I haven't met Eric. Oh, my, well, you gotta meet Eric. I will meet Eric. Yeah. He actually just moved to Denver with his girlfriend. I can't wait to meet Eric. Came to a party bus so we could make some friends. Well, and it I'll, worked. It worked. Well, I'll have to meet Eric on the next party bus. I hope he comes to the next party bus. That'll be fun. Uh, but yeah, so that'll be a good time. Uh, the link to where you can get those tickets is in the comments. The bar, of course, will be open for Buffs and Broncos this weekend. I think we still got some tailgate ticks. Ah. Wait, they're, are they at home? Uh, Broncos are at home. Yeah, they we've are got at home. both a Buffs and a Broncos tailgate this weekend. It's going to be a weekend full of tailgating. Oh, my goodness. Um, all right. RIP my liver. I wish we had an IV sponsor. <laughs> you did you press the mic just to nod your head <laughs> he's like eh. i love a susan kale show we're gonna fuck it up after this right of course it's friday night <laughs> of course it's a friday um uh, listen um back uh we'll be back in studio right before sunday night baseball at five o'clock uh christian Sayas will join me in studio so it'll be a susan Sayas kind of sunday 
As always, you need to follow the DNVR Rockies Twitter account at DNVR underscore Rockies. We're going to be walking you through all the crazy stuff that's happening here at the end of the season. You can follow me at the Susie Hunter on all platforms. Kale, shout out where we can follow you. Uh, I'm at Kale Sorbo, Kale with two L's on Twitter. Or X, whatever you are choosing to no call it at this point. No one knows what X means. Oh yeah, my gosh. I don't know. Whatever you're choosing to call it these days. And on Instagram, I'm at Blue Eyes with a Backpack. Follow me on YouTube, too, at Kale Sorbo. You are, you are vlogging now. I'm you a are, vlogger now. You're in your vlog era. I'm in my vlog era. I love it. Um, guys, uh, please. Uh, oh, wait. We have a party tomorrow. We have a freaking Rockies party tomorrow. I we can't do believe have I'm a Rockies party tomorrow. ending Come the show that. before we talk about the Rockies party. We have a Game Watch party here at the DNVR par- bar Saturday night. Uh, I know a lot of people from Purple Row are going to be there, too. So if you want some people to talk Rockies, with if you just want to go out and have a good time uh if you want to commiserate with people who just like really know what's going on the dnvr bar is the place to do it i'll be there patrick will be there many other people will be there it'll be a good time um okay now we're gonna wrap up the show gail you know what we say about wrapping up a show what do they say Suze? it's impossible no one knows how to do it but it's fine i will just say see you later talk to you on sunday